Welcome to the Sports Desk with Ooh. Sam and Michael back here again on your Fridays, of course. And it's Friday the 1st of July. Pinch punch first day of the oh, month, I used to say. Oh, my shoulder is <laughs> killing me this morning, Sam. You got in early. Um, not a superstitious day in any calendars, is it, Sam? don't think so. Like, we've avoided... Um, what's it? Friday the... Friday the 13th. Yep. Yes, I think um, we have. Is there one this month? Oh, I don't know. It usually throws up no, <laughs> the crazy things in the sporting world. Um, but, yeah, it started... We are more than halfway through the year, I'm pretty sure, now. I think we are. I think... Uh, yeah, no, uh, fr- <laughs> Wednesday the 13th this month, so I think we're safe on that oh, front, okay. Sam. Good, good. Nothing crazy happening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, wow. big day to get in today. We've switched up the running order today because we've got a special guest coming in uh, about half nine, an eSports player from RMIT who's an expert in LOL, League of Legends, Whoa. not laugh out loud. Not laugh out loud. Oh, oh, God, I feel like I'm a 50-year-old making that joke. It's <laughs> um, I'm just not... I'm sort of in the eSports. Sports kind of, you know, world with kind of FIFA and that kind of thing. But that's that's where it hits the limit for me. This is unknown territory for me. So we're entering the world of digital sports, which is exploding it is. Um, around the world. So we look forward to talking to him about 9.30. Of course, we got AFL um, of the game last night. The Brisbane Lions got it done up in uh, home game up in uh, at the Gabba. Gabba uh, so we've got the round 16 to preview, of course. Um, we've got some basketball. The Boomers played last night. Uh, the tennis is going off at Win- Wimbledon. So is Nick Kyrgios. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll so definitely we'll get into that at some point. Um, <laughs> so remember, you can interact with the show on our social media. Um, you know, contact us. You know, give us some heckles through the show. <laughs> oh, we love it. <laughs> we'll Go on, all you them. esports players, jump on board. You know, <laughs> nail us about our terminology. We want to hear it. And also, lol, lots of love. Get around lots it. Of love, I've sending those positive one. vibes, aren't we? You know, it's been years since I've seen like you know a birthday card set in the mail with like the. The kisses and hugs, the X and O's. I've not seen the X and O's for a long time. Yes, well, it's been a long time since Valentine's Day, Sam. Uh, yeah. Secret admirer <laughs> staying away. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think oh. they've stayed away for many years. <laughs> All right, oh, we're going to get into the latest news off the press this morning. And uh, we'll start off with some cricket. Uh, Cameron Green helped Australia to a 10-run lead on day two in, is it Gali? Gale? Yeah, Gale. Gee, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, isn't Sri it, Sam? Lanka. Well, right it's a bit... coast. Um, maybe a bit too close to the coast, oh, I think seen. so, gee. Very windy conditions, I've seen. Uh, a grandstand actually collapsed oh, at the stadium. Oh, my word. Um, they should have put him in that castle next to it. <laughs> and then uh, there were some videos on Twitter uh, seen from some of the Australian broadcasters over there, and they were out on a tent uh, above... Above a grandstand, like a marquee Jeez. that you'd see at like a wedding or something in a backyard. Jeez. And then it was blowing, nearly blew off the roof. So, <laughs> crazy conditions. Um, and Sam, what about Paddy Cummins 6? He hit it out of the ground, went onto the road, and they thought they, they were, they had the cameras tracking this guy that was walking past, and they thought he was going to grab the ball, but he was just a, an innocent bystander just walking past. So they're tracking this guy for like a couple of minutes. Didn't even grab the ball. But if he hit it any further, he would have hit it into the ocean. You're absolutely spot on. Very, very uh, close to the sea. In Sri Lanka. It reminds me a bit, uh, I reckon the coldest ground, maybe we should get a poll out. A coldest sporting stadium in Melbourne, uh, I reckon has to be um, Williamstown, Willie Oval. Ooh. That is absolutely freezing. I remember playing under 12's grand final there and I shamelessly, well, it was 12 and freezing and went off and put the uh, the dressing gown on 
on the bench <laughs> because it was that cold. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, so, Australia get it started pretty well in they Sri did. Lanka. Yep, uh, eight for three, one three at stumps, and I think that was due to poor light, Sam. Um, but yeah, Paddy Cummins still currently in the skipper, twenty six off sixteen. He was bashing it around towards the end of day's play. But as you mentioned, there, Cam Green played an extremely important inning, seventy seven off one hundred nine deliveries with a strike rate of seventy point six four. If you don't mind, so a couple of nice contributors there for the Aussies, and again, uh, one hundred and one lead, one hundred and one run lead in the first inning. So it's a handy lead. Maybe they'll be looking to stretch that to maybe 150. They might declare, they might get bowled out. Um, but pretty strong commanding position for the Aussies. Definitely, indeed. Next story, uh, we'll go to the NRL. We don't really talk about the NRL that much. We don't, do we? Uh, but the Manly Sea Eagles uh, had a big, um, created a big upset. Uh, they defeated uh, the Melbourne Storm 36-30. to uh, They had lost their previous seven games against teams yeah. sitting in the final spots. Uh, but obliterated out of all sorts. Melbourne was out without, uh, uh, sorry, without Cameron Munster. Um, so interesting one developing. Uh, I think they're still sitting second, the Melbourne Storm in the NRL. Yes, they are. But I'll tell you what, Sam, uh, five minutes in the, in the game and, um, Manly were up 36 to 12 and, geez, the Storm scores, what was it, four tries? They nearly came back in it and, and, and stole it. So pretty, pretty impressive comeback. But again, like probably left their run slightly too late. I'm sure, like the Sea Eagles played extremely well. They probably should have won it by a lot more. But yeah, probably, um, the, the class of the Storm, they're just a never, never give in, never give up side. So they nearly got them there, but, uh, I'm pretty confident. That when uh, Munster comes back in, he'll he'll make a big difference for that side. Definitely. Uh, also, sad news this week: Mad Jack Daw is retired from the that. AFL. Yes, uh, fifty-four AFL games, of course, with North Melbourne uh, since two thousand eleven and twenty-two. Between that and twenty twenty, uh, he joined Melbourne in twenty twenty-one, but did not play a game for the Demons. Uh, Daw says he will now devote his attention to being a loving and caring father to his son Hendrix. Um, but yeah, no, no, I remember some great moments. Oh. Uh, t- 2016 mark of the year. I remember that oh. big grab. Incredible. Incredible. Um, and he's kind of led the way for Sudanese and, um, players coming from uh, an international standpoint into the game. Um, um, probably been a big influence for them. And then, of course, he's a local close to my area. Came from Wyndham Vale. Hey, uh, shout out. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, massive loss for the game. I agree. Um, great, great news story. Um, I... I uh, did a bit of volunteering back in high school uh, in, I think it was St Albans, and it was a Sudanese school, and I swear every single kid who came up to me is like, Majak's my cousin, Majak's my brother, Majak's my second cousin. It's a really tight-knit community, and they all had North Melbourne scarves on, probably the only place that has a lot of North Melbourne scarves, (laughs) let's be real, but look, they they just absolutely love Majak, and they're just a big fan of the person and and what he's done for the Sudanese community, as you mentioned, and you know, you look at the, the amount of lists now, Sam, and the amount of Sudanese players that are actually playing in the AFL doing successfully it's just such a great story and um, you know sells a lot of hope to uh, to potentially the next you know um, crop of Sudanese players um, you know uh, first second generation Australians or potentially refugees coming to Australia it's a great story yep
Uh, also, Kevin Sheedy, Kevin Sheedy has been named Victorian of the Year, former VFL, AFL player and coach. Kevin Sheedy has been named for the 2022 Victorian of the Year for his ongoing work with youth charities, MMD Research and Homelessness Foundations, uh, and has also been known, not only is a big part of the Essendon Football Club, uh, started to help uh, build the Giants, the Jettabos Giants, and then a couple of games, uh, I think he uh, put his hat to the... Um, uh, what, what's the round against Richmond? Oh, Indigenous round. Yes, uh, yes. yes. Um, Sir Doug Nichols round. He's been a, a massive player in some of those huge marquee games, Sam, uh, Anzac Day included. So, And I think the country round as well against Geelong and Essendon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, shout out to the country round. Come on. I mean, uh, you know, we've been belted in the uh, last couple of years, Sam. But I'll say the... The uh, the dream time's good, but the country around <laughs> the country game oh my God, that's is not so no. much. I thought you were about to say it's, it's above and beyond. I thought you were oh, about to say it's the best one. Have you seen that photo, that famous photo? They show it every year, I think, uh, of Gil, and he's holding like a lamb in the middle of the MCG. Oh, no. Gil to the slaughter? Uh, absolutely oh. no. Oh, no, we don't no, want to say it. No, come, no, on. No, come, come on. Come on, come on, come on. We're vegan friendly here on the show. Um, but no, Kevin Sheedy, he's an absolute out-and-out superstar. He's spoken a lot at so many different functions. 74 years of age. Age, uh, ripe age, and he just continues to be a uh, innovator and um, entrepreneur, and, and just a superstar in the game. So we absolutely love him. Shout out to Sheeds. The Super Netball Grand Finals oh, this weekend. Yes, it is. Uh, the West Coast Fever plays the Melbourne Vixens 6 p.m. on Sunday. The Vixens went from being a wooden spooners to minor premiers in a single season, and of course they defeated in the prelim the Giants by a. Point. How Single close point. was that? Oh my god! And they had that shot pretty much at the buzzer beater, and it just fell short. It was a fresh airy, and wow, what what an incredible scenes that was for those who watched it. Um, go and go and see it again. Go and watch the jubilant scenes post game. Uh, the Vixens getting in. Sam, should we get a quick tip on this game? Because I mean, I I, I think you know the the West Coast will be um, pretty confident at home, but we know the the prestige and the pedigree of the Melbourne Vixens. They've won so many times. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Look, I'm not <laughs> I'm not an expert by any case uh, in netball, um, but sometimes the narrow wins, the coming from behind, especially coming that far from the bottom, uh, sometimes just gives you that extra leg that maybe you didn't have. So back, back the, uh, the girls in for a Melbourne win away from home. They've had a 12-2 record during the regular season, so I'm backing in the Vixens as well, as well away from home. They have been seriously impressive this season, and what a win in the prelim. And the Australia Cup has been drawn, the round of 32. Uh, a couple of A-League clubs. Uh, I'm just trying to get the list up here. I should have pretty got that. I remember the uh, victories, ironically, playing Western United. They uh, draw yes. that, the only uh, A-League club. Actually, I will get that later because <laughs> my phone's playing up. But oh, the no. draw went, um, and they'll be, they've kind of scheduled it in b- before the uh, first week of the A-League, so um, the final to kick us all off. So uh, that, that's pretty interesting. It is. Uh, we better get to our first track. When we come back, we'll be talking about the Boomers uh, and some updates from Wimbledon. All right here on the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. Uh, this is one from the Spencer Davis Group. Woo! Give me some loving on the Sports Desk. Friday morning. LOL. <laughs> Give us some loving. Spencer Davis Group on the sports desk on your Friday morning. Uh, and we're going to start off here uh, with the Boomers. The Boomers! 
course, the World Cup FIBA Basketball World Cup qualifiers, uh, of course, are on. Last night, Australia 76 defeated China 69. Uh, and it was close, close, very close. Um, I think we've got six six players out of our main kind of uh, six debutants. Sorry, yes. Um, and so a bit of a wild mix in in these World Cup qualifiers. What, what did you take from the game? Well, I took from the game that yeah, you know, we we obviously have really good depth. Um, you know, we, we we sort of match China in most categories for the game, but then particularly in that second quarter we really did dominate and you know 26 points to China's 19. China were always pushing in the third they had most of their dominance with uh, 21 to 14 points but then Australia finished off strong but it was as, as you mentioned um, Brian Gorgian's boys you know they, they had had their challenges and, and certainly under strength but um, you know one good thing about the Boomers are they've got a lot of wins on their side. Um, early this year they, they bet Taipei twice uh, they've bet Japan who ironically is our next match tonight um, and then we've got China again on the 3rd of July so going into the FIBA Asian Cup it's looking really promising and again just stacking up those wins you just don't know how crucial that's going to be uh, come later in the year and you know once you get those players back um, Sam it's, it's it's very exciting for the Boomers but yeah they just have to put away that win and that's what they did in a very close contest So how many do we need to kind of qualify? Is it, is it kind of close? I, th- I think so I think the, the Aussies would be would be so close to qualifying now. I think we, the fact that we haven't dropped a game, um, you know, we, we've played these countries a couple of times in the Fever a- a- Asian Cup. We've got Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and then Indonesia. So, you know, it's looking pretty likely that that we will qualify and and we'll have a really good chance once we get some of our key players back. But yeah, you know, you can only bank those wins, Sam, and, and that's exactly what the what the Boomers are doing at the moment. Uh, exciting to see. So, of course, Japan play Australia tonight. And then, of course, we play um, China again on Sunday, the 3rd of July. And uh, look forward to the FIBA World Cup, whenever that is. I don't Gee, know it's going to be fun. Soccer World Cup and basketball. It's, it's oh, going to be a lot exciting. going on. Oh, my gosh. Um, Triple screens. Take us through to Wimbledon. Have you got your, you got your two finger clap for Wimbledon? <laughs> I like your sound effects there, Sam. That was, that was very polite. No, no preparation on that. Jeez. It was just a quiet, respectful crowd. I was going to say. Speaking of lack of polite, let, oh. let's start with Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, as uh, as the Americans say, uh, he's copped a heavy fine for spitting towards spectators. Spitting, it's spitting, oh, no, spitting. You cannot be doing that. First round win at Wimbledon. Uh, he has withdrew since from the doubles draw, um, where he was supposed to play alongside Tanaka. Kokonakis, who, by the way, in his own right in, in the singles draw, is doing exceptionally well. Uh, he comes up against um, Stefanos Tsitsipas, so, so we'll talk about that a little bit no later. No special K. No special K, unfortunately, for Wimbledon. Look, it would have been fascinating, because we, we previewed this a little bit early on, didn't we? We said that this would be very exciting if they were up against a very strong Wimbledon crowd, who, of course, have their strong opinions against Nick Kyrgios, but... Yes, his he, his antics speak for themselves. Um, whenever fans uh, taunt him, he gives some back. It's not really the environment to do it. I mean, there's there's some tournaments where that's maybe a little bit more accepted, but yeah, you can't be going spitting and 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 you know taunting fans as well. It's just it's ridiculous. But look. 
all, all of that aside, he's playing good tennis, and uh, he's through to the third round. Uh, so he will he will line up against um, Sitsipas, as I mentioned, uh, and he bet Filip uh, Krachinov, uh, number twenty six seed, if you don't mind, in three sets quite comfortably. So, look, his tennis is doing the talking. But Sam, what are your opinions on his uh, on his on field antics with uh, the way he treats the crowd and just goes on like a pork chop? Yeah, I, I mean, so many people would respect him so much more if he just let his gameplay talk for himself. Because he is a good player. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, people will forget that, you know. They will. Because all they remember is your on-field antics. Um, and, you know, years gone by when that's all they'll remember about you. Not, not <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and you know, the fact that he's sort of losing love for the game because it's treating him in a certain way because of what he's giving to the game, um, it's just he's sort of in this really vicious cocktail mm. of, you know, emotions mm. and, and and anger towards towards people who... He thinks so, resenting him. But the reality is, if you play good tennis and you respect the game a little more, yeah. um, it could be a different story. L- let's talk about some of the, the the good results for some other Australians. So, yes. Alana Tomlanovic, she's into the third round. Um, I think the partner of um, uh, the the Italian player. Um, so she's doing extremely well. He's doing extremely well. Um, Jason Kubler, this was a bit of a, a strange one. So as we know, England's weather at the best of times can be quite ordinary, Sam. And um, Jason Kubler, who's had a ridiculously good run, um, he's left stranded after this heavy rainfall. Um, he was leading Dennis Novak um pretty much by three sets, and he was up a break, serving for the game, and the rain comes down, and the game's been suspended until tomorrow, so pretty frustrating for Jason Kubler, and he would have had, um, oh, look, he would have been pretty confident going into tomorrow, but don't, still, it's a sleepless night, isn't from Wimbledon? Uh, he was playing on court 16, ah, so right. uh, okay. an outside court, so unfortunately, uh, no roof for him. It almost is... It reminds me of that final that uh, Rafael Nadal and uh, Federer played where literally the camera flashes were the lighting. Um, that's how long that they were playing for. So wow. we know of the adverse conditions of Wimbledon. Do they get more lights in, Sam, or are they just traditionalists and they just pause the game until the next day? You know, it can in sport, momentum's a big thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I just think get with the times. I know sometimes, you know... Uh it can be very traditional, especially in England with, you know, things and cricket and, and everything. But, uh, look, yeah, L- lighting. I mean, come on, it's 2022. I mean, you know, I, I was reading a thing the other day in the, I think it was 1800s or early days of the AFL, we set up lighting for a night game way before what? it ever happened. Yeah. They, it's incredible. Um, but I think, I, I don't know. I don't know how they, <laughs> they did it. But, I mean, if they're doing it back then, surely you can... Get some lights. Come on. Come on. Come on. And, and Nick Kyrgios wanted to wear a black, like a black headband, and they didn't allow him to do that. So they are very, very strict with their dress code, obviously, but um, also with a lot of their traditions. Now, uh, Alex Diminar also did very well. He won in four sets against Jack Draper from the UK. Uh, he's also into the third round. Um, bit of an upset. Uh, Denis Shapovalov, who's um, 13th in the world, he went down to unseeded brand and Nakashima in four sets. So, bit of an upset there. Uh, Rafa is through to the third round. And, yes, uh, plenty going on. And Coco Goff overnight, uh, pick... Uh, sorry, not at pick 11, uh, 11 seed. Uh, she goes through in straight sets to the third round as well. So a couple of notable headlines there in Wimbledon, Sam. The Libertines on the sports desk on your Friday morning. 
Don't Look Back Into The Sun. And joining us in the studio, Nathan from RMIT. I'll let you run this kind of... Uh, um, what is your name, Michael? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Geez, I'm glad sorry. you remembered Nathan's sorry. name, Sam. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh. My word. Oh, gosh, I mean, we're starstruck, aren't we? We've got yes. uh, an incredible team manager here from RMIT Sport. Uh, he has been uh, a huge voice behind the Esports and Games Club here at RMIT. It's one of the, in fact, it is the biggest club at RMIT. So, um, incredible amount of work that you guys do. So, the League of Legends Nationals start on Saturday, and they will be going, if you're fortunate enough to get to the grand final that's going to be the 24th of july so um yeah there's a heap happening in the world of league of legends but first of all nathan introduce us to our audience and describe your role within the esports and games club in rmit all right so thanks for having me guys it's uh, good to be here i'm nathan i uh i'm at the esports and games club at rmit uh, i've been on the committee for just about seven eight months now um i originally was a teams manager managing all of our sort of uh, competitive teams that take part in these kinds of tournaments, just sort of being like a HR for the for the players. Uh, and now recently I have moved up to eSports Manager, so I get to uh, work with organisations uh, and do things like this, like organise our teams um, and get us into uh, Unisport Nationals. Wow, that's incredible. It sounds like a, a really big role, a lot of responsibility, but, but also sounds like quite an enjoyable one. Yeah. Yeah, so look, honestly, for all of our audience out there, and including Sam and Sam and ourselves, um, tell us a little bit about what is esports and particularly what is what is driving, I suppose, the, the interest and the popularity in esports because it's it's almost superseding some of the regular sports where there's spectators. I mean it's it's quickly becoming one of the biggest sports viewed in the world tell us a little bit about it yeah definitely um esports is a great sort of up-and-coming uh sort of just industry in general i mean it's really obviously video games themselves have only been around for a couple decades but it really has exploded in the past like two decades um esports obviously is just like sports but e meaning like electronic video games um so there's a ton of very competitive games uh, obviously, the word attributing the word sport, you know, some might pe- some people might be a bit loose with that because uh, you, when you think sport, you think like athletic, like AFL, basketball. But these kinds of games are very um, taxing. You know, it, it requires a lot of mental, requires a lot of skill, a lot of communication, teamwork, all the things that you'd find in a normal sport. And it has definitely grown incredibly. Um, you know, in the, in the past sort of 2010s, uh, there were game like only a couple games like Counter Strike and Dota, which had really big. Um, esports scenes, pro league scenes, and even then it was you know it, it, in just a couple of years it went from a couple of people who are very good around the world playing to people with like thousands of people watching in a stadium watching their finals wow. with millions of prize mo- uh, dollars of prize money. Wow! And uh, now it's expanded to so many different games such as League of Legends. Gee. So speaking of League of Legends, is that, is that the kind of biggest kind of game in this world kind of esports competition? Um, I believe it is. It's up there. I think it's like maybe the second or third most okay. played game. Yeah, it's definitely massive, um, especially in like the sort of Asia region. Uh, and it's, it's been around for a good couple of years now, but it's still growing in popularity. It's just constantly going up and up. And as far as uh, RMIT here and the um, people from Melbourne participating in these events, what, what's the biggest game? I think with our club currently, it's a game called Valorant. Uh, it's only been around for a couple of years now. 
It's very recent. It's made by the same company that uh, makes Wii Legends, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's sort of like, as I mentioned before, a game called Counter-Strike. It's very similar, but it's like a bit of a modern take. Um, and yeah, it's just exploded in popularity, and it's just everywhere. So we have a lot of people very interested in Valorant. Yep. And so if you're an RMIT student or want to get involved uh, with this kind of thing, where would they go and who can they get in contact with? Well, I'm guessing you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with our club, uh, our main sort of uh, line of communication is, is Discord. Yep. So if you're very interested in games at all, you don't even have to be an RMIT student to join the club. Uh, it's just discord.gg forward slash RMIT. Very simple URL. Uh, you can get involved. We have, I think, like around 3.5 thousand people in the Discord, which is Whew. great. Um, wow. We run a ton of community events. Uh, we do tournaments like this. Obviously, we have the sort of esports side of things, which is what I manage, which is competitive against other universities, yep. against other teams. But we also run a lot of our own in-house tournaments as well, which uh, is a lot of fun. I was thinking maybe the, the sports test, me and you, Michael, we can have... Uh, <laughs> Across a couple of games, who could be the most? Yeah, yeah see, it's, well, I mean, we, we shouldn't compare ourselves to Nathan, but no. maybe compare our, ourselves to each other, maybe yes, in, our, yes. in our gaming abilities. But yeah. they certainly sound—they certainly sound a lot of fun. Nathan, tell us a little bit about uh, the game of League of Legends. Why? Why so many players are enthralled and want to play it? And tell us a little bit about this year's national competition, which of course begins on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, League of Legends is a type of game called a MOBA, and it's a Two two teams, competitive online, multiplayer, uh, 5v5s. We have two great teams now that's uh, working with us uh, for Division 1 and Division 2 in this Unisports con- um, con- competition. Sorry, And, yeah, so it's a very popular game. There's It's been growing for so many years that there's just, um, like, the players, you pick what's called champions, which are, like, characters, and I believe there's, like, hundreds now. It's it's wow. massive. It has grown. Um, the, the the game's just always getting more popular, so the developers are just keep going at it. And, yeah, we've got a very good team um, in both of our Division 1 and Division 2, so I'm very confident with our uh, performance going into this tournament. Gee, and, and just for those out there who aren't sure of what champions are, so we, we actually have a champion, don't we, in our, in our, yeah. in our midst? Oh, okay, so that is uh, the champion, the rank. Mm-hmm. Um, before, what I meant champions is uh, like the sort of characters you play. But yeah. champion, we also do have some very high-level uh, players with us. I believe in Division 1, we have three champions, which are, uh, I believe that is the highest rank you can get. It's uh, it's like sort of, there's lots of different ranks, like Platinum, Diamond, uh, Master, Grandmaster, and then Champion is like the highest, uh, and then there's obviously Divisions within Champion. So um, we're really high up there with some of our players. They're playing in, uh, a couple of our guys in Division 1 are actually playing in LCO, which is a sort of a pro league um, wow. tournament in Oceania and yeah so it's, it's good we've got a lot of good players gee a lot of champions mm. no definitely very exciting um, and as far as like uh, maybe more some of the traditional because the, the only real esports uh, speaking from Michael before uh, that I'm really familiar with was FIFA uh, and that kind of thing so how, how do they take play in that kind of field as well so yeah, definitely there are the sort of more sports games like FIFA, uh, Madden, NBA. Uh, those are all also very popular, and they do have esports scenes, especially FIFA. Um, that is mm. quite large. But uh, I do believe, like in esports generally, um, although that is also very big, it's sort of more focused towards uh, more like there's the games like League of Legends, which are like MOBAs, sort of fantasy type, and then also games that are um, like tactical FPS, first-person shooter. So things like Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, Rainbow Six Siege. Um, it's probably like a more of a main focus, but there is definitely a massive scene out there for FIFA and sports games. 
Okay, well, no, no, sounds ex- sounds exciting, and uh, just um, it's just exploding all beneath us. Um, really is the the scene, and then to have uh, you know some players right here at RMIT, you know, going crazy with it. Um, uh, definitely, I'll keep my eyes peered out, and, and then especially in the last couple of years, there's a place. Uh, f- fortress um, in Melbourne that's open. Yes. I've not stepped my foot in there yet, but uh, massive for that sort of. It's got like an, a, a mini arena in there, doesn't yeah. it? For for competitions and stuff. So. It's, it's pretty amazing, Sam. And, and RMIT Sport have even created a partnership with Order. And Order, I think they're based out in Collingwood, aren't they, Nathan? Yeah. And you guys have some good access to some of their facilities and some of their upcoming tournaments too. Yeah, so we're uh, we're still working with them. Uh, we've sort of made a new rich partnership. Uh, we're sort of like working out the finer details, mm. um, but yeah, it's looking good. So I'm very, very uh, looking forward to whatever we can uh, sort of do with order. They're a very big org, and uh, it'll be very good to have them. Absolutely, it will be that. That'll be very exciting. Tell us a little bit uh, about the upcoming competition and the team that you have selected. You mentioned you've got a lot of superstars within that team. Um, how confident are you actually going into this tournament? Can <laughs> RMIT win it? You know what? I think we can. Oh, we love uh, it. Hey, we love hey, it. Obviously, a little biased, um, <laughs> but I, I believe we have a great team. Um, for our Division 1, we have a lot of good players who have played with each other before. Wow. It's um, So they've, they've taken part in other competitions together, so they have that sort of teamwork, that team play. And going into this, yeah, we, we definitely have a good chance. Just looking at like looking at it on paper, just with like ranks and things. Uh, obviously, with games like this, it does come to a lot of skill. But there's always wild cards. You can always have mm-hmm. someone that you don't expect. And because of the different characters, sometimes you'll get a, there's hundreds of different characters. So you you might get someone you don't expect, and that might shake things up a little bit. It's not so cut and dry as like footy, where it's you you don't really have much variation in. Uh, like how you can play it's yeah. it's like a person a player has a set sort of play mm. i mean obviously they can change a little bit but with like video games anything's on the table really wow wow it, it sounds like you're very confident for for these upcoming nationals and 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 why shouldn't you be i think rmit are the reigning champions for the main esports nationals so clearly a uh, lot of good pedigree of players within your ranks yeah rmit definitely we've uh, we've done well in the uh, in the stage um in a lot of different games so We've got a very large club, we've got a lot of players, and yeah, we've, we've, we've been fortunate. That's amazing. And, and just finally, tell us a little, bit of, a little bit more about your breeding ground with the eSports club, because obviously um, you have a lot more ventures that you've been involved in, like the AEL and RMIT Rumble. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so AEL is uh, Australian eSports League, so that is another national competition. Wow. Um, that is for the games such as Rainbow Six Siege, Counter-Strike, Rocket League, and Dota 2. Um, so League of Legends is a part of AEL, that's why we've got this separate uni-sport uh, uni tournament. But AEL is sort of our main uh, venture just because it's so so big and all-encompassing. Um, we have, it's twice a year, each semester, and I believe this this semester, we've just come to the end of it, we had 14 teams with nearly 100 players uh, taking part for, um, for RMIT in this um, Australia-wide competition. And uh, for the Rainbow Six Siege, we actually won it. The grand Whoa. finals, we uh, we took the title. Wow! Wow! So, uh, yeah. And and what and what do you win? 
Oh, uh, well, um, you got you got the bragging rights. At, yeah, uh, obviously, yes. They, uh, <laughs> I believe it was somewhere in the in the realm of around two thousand dollars. Oh, uh, I don't mind if I do. Well, I should have taken this up a long time. Oh, ago, I know, cause, I know. Cause... I think we we're going to be very <laughs> amateur when we come in, aren't we? Oh, oh my gosh, it's impressive, isn't it? There's some good prize money. Well, thank you for coming in the studio this thank morning. You, uh, it's been exciting and um, really knowledgeable getting to know the the world of esports, and uh, hopefully people listen and can get involved if they're interested. Yes. The RMIT Esports Club. I've seen, of course, have put their own uh, esports... Well, they probably cover it in more detail. Mm. Gaming show, Player One. Player One. Uh, so they'll be definitely co- covering all this uh, in a lot more detail. Uh, but it's been fantastic to have you in this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That's Thank you, Nathan, and the best of luck with uh, the Esports League of Legends Nationals, which, of course, kick off on Saturday. So uh, if you want to follow that, go to the Unisport League of Legends page where you can follow all the details there and possibly a Discord server watch on all of the teams competing. Nathan, good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, up next, we've got AFL Round 16 to cover. Only uh, eight rounds to go. My word. Can you believe quick. that? Um, Ten on. That's all up next, and we'll cover, of course, Friday Night Football tonight. Brand new one from the Amazons. Uh, ready for something right here on the sports desk. Uh, and, of course, uh, right now, it's time for Round 16 of the AFL. <laughs> And uh, we'll start off Thursday night footy. Uh, it was looking like a really good game. Uh, two, and half quarters, <laughs> two and a half quarters through. Um, and then it just fizzled it out. But it was the Lions oh! that got it done. He's got the song! Well, I, thought, I thought, why don't we start playing a bit of the songs, you know, I, the winners. Sam, the, I thought you were going to get... Ooh, the lion sleeps tonight! No, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. It's, it's not karaoke hour, unfortunately. But, uh, gee, they were impressive, weren't they? 108 to 67 at the Gabatoire. Yes, yeah, 16, 12, 108 to 9, 13, 67. It was the... Could have been more. ...by 41 points. Uh, Charlie Cameron, day oh. for in the motorcycle. Michael was out of the garage. Four goals for him. Two goals for Jared Berry, Joe Danaher, and Lincoln McCarthy. But when, it's, it was funny because it started so uh, weirdly for them because of the injuries early on. Dane Zorko out early on. He was. Uh, and then, of course, they lost Daniel Rich by half-time. And then... Yeah. Um, uh, and they had such a slow start in the first quarter. I thought, you know, we're on here. Bulldogs need, you know, fighting for to sneak somewhere how into the top eight. And uh, three quarters of the game through, and then the last quarter, the Lions just put the foot down. They just disappeared. That's a great summary, Sam. And, and to be honest, you sort of watching the game and seeing how dominant the the dogs were early, particularly with the amount of ball that they were getting, the amount of inside 50s they were getting. You just knew with Brisbane and their quality and their class and the amount of A-grade players that they have, you just knew that the momentum at some point was going to switch. And you just, as a watching the game, you're just like, the dogs have got to put scoreboard pressure on here. They've got to capitalise. And they missed, I think it was one goal four or one goal, goal five. They really didn't put away their opportunities early. And if they had kicked maybe three or four of those goals, I think it would have been a different story going into quarter time. So, look, the dogs were pretty um, wasteful, particularly when they had that dominance early. And then the Lions just, just went to town. They started winning more ball. They they started winning more clearances. Um, and then, yeah, their, their goal keep, their, their goal scorers, I mean, I think there was like 
like four posters in a row for Brisbane, so they were keeping the dogs in the game, and then all of a sudden, they flicked the switch, and Charlie Cameron, as you mentioned, I don't know, Sam, who the DJ was there at the ground, but every time every time Charlie Cameron kicked a goal, country roll. No, no, that, that's been like that for a while. That's his really? thing. I think the players choose their songs. I, th- I thought that. Uh, Joe Danaher weirdly has... Um, uh, Elsa's theme from uh, yeah, what's um, the... Let It Go from yeah. Frozen. I, I didn't understand that. He's no. a big kid, isn't he, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was funny. But yeah, no, no, interesting. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, Brisbane needed to bounce back after that game last week against Melbourne. Uh, tough one away from home. And, uh, I, I mean, they wanted to answer, of course, that big prelim final last yeah, year. Yeah, that's there. true. That would have been haunting um, them. So, uh, good for them. They get it done. Uh, and it's always... I wonder if... I've got a quick question about Chris Fagan. Like, uh, <laughs> he always seems to be... Uh, I don't know. Um, like, he was happy with it, but he doesn't show it sometimes. He's, he's got a bit of a poker face, Chris Fagan, He does. He seemed, he seemed quite angry and aggressive towards the end of the game. He was chewing his gum like it was out of fashion and he just, I, I don't know, maybe it was because they conceded the last two goals and they, they were leading by 50 points and, you know, the percentage would have been handy but other than that, his team played magnificently yeah. well at home. It's, on especially to lose night. two big, you know, players like that early on. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing for Brisbane. <laughs> He's grumpy, keep your you know. Expectations. Keep the standards high. Yeah, yeah, I like it, Sam. Hey, just quickly, um, talking about high standards or, and or, or, or should I say lack thereof, um, the arc was uh, came under a bit of scrutiny for a goal that was disallowed. Uh, it seems like a massive error looking at the replays of it. Of course, we're talking about the Oscar McInerney goal right in the goal square. I don't know if you saw it, Sam. Um, ball dribbled from his knee, then ricocheted on onto his foot, straight through the I-diddle-diddle, yes. but they said it was touched. Yeah, uh, this is becoming uh, a weird thing uh, with the arc. Uh, we're starting to have this arc conversation, <laughs> as we do every year now. Um, but ironically, they're, they're saying at the moment they have high-def cameras that we can't see on, oh, on these screens. I don't know if they're seeing something different that we can't. Um, and secondly, why wouldn't you display that and be proud of that on yeah, your broadcast? I, it's just, I don't know. It's stunning. It's, it's weird. They've st- still got to figure that system out because it's not, it's not perfect and they really need to upgrade. Get some goal line kind of like technology or, or something. They're just going to spend some money on it for it to be worthwhile. Otherwise, we're just going to keep having these conversations over and over and we hope, we hope that it doesn't impact a grand final or, or anything like that. So... Look, still bumps they've got to iron out of it. Um, but Melbourne, uh, sorry, Brisbane got it done, of course, home. Uh, we'll go through quickly the top eight. It's kind of yes. um, fiddling itself out now. <laughs> uh, Melbourne, of course, on top. Brisbane in second. Geelong in third. Fremantle in fourth. Carlton in fifth. Sydney Swans in sixth position. Collingwood sneaked in. Uh, now into seventh and Richmond into eighth, uh, puts the, um, Western Bulldogs into ninth, tenth, uh, and then the Suns, of course, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, Adelaide Giants, Hawthorne, Essendon, West Coast, and then the Roos, uh, rounding that out. So really, really getting close. Yeah, it, it's hard to believe, Sam, pretty much from 12th place to the top, uh, it's, it, it's all contest, you know, it, it's all contesting for, for the finals potentially with, with Port Adelaide sitting there with 28 points, only a game outside of the eight. And if Richmond lose, they could 
potentially move in. Uh, so, you know, lots happening and a very exciting finish to the season. You know, the Swans were top four at one point. St Kilda were top four at one point. Carlton were top four at one point. You just don't know who's going to slide in there. And, of course, Brisbane, with that extra game played, they're currently second, but they could slip to as much as fifth by the end of the round. So mm. that's what we love about this season, Sam. Well, of course, round 16 continues tonight. Friday night football. It's the Carlton Football Club against the Saints Football Club at a sellout at Marvel tonight. It's sellout. Be absolutely Absolute massive. sellout. Um, ins and outs for the Blues. Uh, Adam Chera com- comes in. Uh, Jordan Boyd out. Will Setterfield uh, out as well. St Kilda have named a couple of big ins here. Jack Higgins, Bradley Hill, Paddy Ryder, Mason Wood out for them. Ryan Burns, uh, Dara Joyce, Ben Long. Ben Patton, Cooper Sharman. Not a not a good week to be a Ben at St Kilda. Clearly, um, yeah, this is this is going to be this is incredible. Like uh, Friday Friday night footy at Marvel. Look, if St Kilda won their game against Sydney, it would be a sellout. Sellout. It would be there'd be a lot of standing room unavailable. But yeah, big in with Adam Chera, uh, Sam and uh, Carlton. Would you say that that? That that game against Fremantle was the best win of the season that you've seen. A lot of people have said that this week. Uh, I think it's definitely up there. Uh, it's really good. I mean, you round know, one was really good. Side, yeah. uh, round one was good, but I think the one um, and, and maybe it's just because I got there at uh, halftime. I missed half of it. <laughs> really bad, but I've uh, been to all the other games. Uh, yeah, you can claim it. Um, so I thought the Sydney game was pretty proving. Yeah, that was uh, actually. Th- th- I think we've had a few moments this year where we've kind of had these wa- kind of watershed moments that have been um, where I thought to myself, oh, maybe it's you know a step too far, and they've they've come out and proved me wrong every time and that was another one Fremantle who've defeated you know the likes of Melbourne Brisbane um, uh, of course this year big wins for them uh, you know contenders we lost the away fixture at Optus and then mm-hmm. we just totally outplayed them um, at Marvel um, Incredible. Uh, an interesting point for tonight both teams St Kilda and Carlton are pretty familiar with Marvel uh, and I think more so in the couple of years Carlton uh, not been pretty good at Marvel uh, in the past but we've kind of come good we've, to the surface there so we'll play a few <laughs> more games there if we do better um, but yeah an interesting one uh, I think this is a Real fingernail slipping I think it um, might be. off the chalkboard for St Kilda here, trying to hang on. This so, is their last opportunity, I think, Sam. Pretty much. Mm. Um, so massive for them. And they've got a good record against us at Marvel. <laughs> too weirdly, don't they? Three of the last five. Mm. Um, and they, they always just seem to show up, no matter what. Uh, and a couple of big ins, of, as you say, like Paddy Ryder. Um, Bradley Hill, Jack Higgins in and out yeah, of form. He's been he's dropped even when he's been, been scoring. So if if he's, M- M- Missy Missy Higgins, is, <laughs> <laughs> if if he's on form tonight, um, yeah, look, it could, I, could be dangerous. I'm, Slightly nervous because these are the danger games. These are the danger games. These are the ones, you know, as a, as a supporter, you've put away some of the big clubs within the eight mm. and you're just thinking to yourself, please, please not St Kilda. Um, look, th- those are two big ins, Bradley Hill and Paddy Ryder. Despite that, I do see the Blues getting up here in a pretty close one. I think it's I think it's going to be hotly contested. Um, I don't think Jack Steele's been playing anywhere near his best footy, so he he might actually have a run r- role potentially with Sam Walsh. However, Sam Walsh, he, he's playing all over the place like because he's such an elite runner 
Milner, of course, got 40 disposals last week. He almost he almost starts at half forward or half back, and then he just roams through the midfield and just yeah. no. He doesn't have you know a run with opponent because he just he runs them out of the game essentially. The midfield depth that we've kind of got over the last year with some of the recruits we've got in has uh, just opened up the room uh, for some of these just midfielders just to fly. 40 disposals last week for Sam Walsh. It's like a little so. kelpie. Oh, keeps running. Uh, impressive to him, Sammy Walsh. Um, uh, so that's 7.50 tonight. Um, can't, can't wait for that one. It's going to be absolutely exciting. Your tip? We move... Oh, blues. Come on. Can't be tipping <laughs> against the baggers. We've got the, we've got the scarf here on the desk for all those yeah. listening. So, yeah, he's pretty confident. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow, 1.45. It's the Essendon taking on Sydney Swans at the MCG. Um, now, straight off the bat, oh, can we can we spend as little as possible yes. on this game? We'll, Thanks, we'll, Sam. Yeah, we'll, okay. We'll get through this. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention Luke Parker. Are oh, they yes. going to be out for him today? I hope so. That incident, if you remember. Look, I hope so. Um, yeah, di- the incident that you speak of, Dylan Shill, I think uh, he shied away from a potential tackle where uh, Luke Parker had the ball. I think they were both going for the ball, and he seemed to have maybe stepped out, and as a result, um, yeah, uh, he, he more or less taunted. Uh, physically did a, did a taunt towards Luke Parker, sort of like, a, ooh, are you scared? Yeah. And, 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 there was, and there was no response from Essendon. Um, Essendon at home, unofficially, at the MCG on a Saturday, where um, Essendon have bet Sydney quite a few times. They got a good record at the G, weirdly enough, against the Swans. They did lose that game last year in, in quite a high-scoring game, actually. But, yeah, I think I think Essendon will be out. I, I think they, if, if they're a serious football club and they want to, you know, put some put some physical aggression towards Sydney, then they should bring up that uh, incident in review and absolutely go after him. Um, but it, ironically, Sam, it's his 250th game, Luke Parker. Oh. So do you respect the man? Mm. It's, 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 <laughs> I don't know which way they're going to go. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I don't know. Sydney, of course, you know, trying to r- remain a spot in the eights, just sitting three from the uh, sixth. Yeah. Um, Hoping to hold on in for, mm. ins for Essendon, the ins and outs: Darcy Parish, Brandon Zerk, Thatcher, uh, Nick Bryan out, Braden Ham and Ben Hobbs. Sydney <laughs> Swans have Justin uh, McInerney in, Ryan Clark out, and Lewis Taylor. Don't know why Ben Hobbs is out. He he got the Rising Star nom a couple of weeks ago, and he's playing really good football. Maybe his his young body is is you know not exactly up to scratch with the rigors of AFL, but not too sure about that. Uh, you wouldn't say Brandon Zirkfatch is a like for like. He's a defender after all. But um, yeah, look, great to see uh, Darcy Parish back. Justin McInerney's a really important player uh, for Sydney with his run and carry and his elite kicking skills. So. Look, hard to tip, hard to tip against Sydney here, just seeing how good their form has been, particularly last week. But I think the Dons will give them a bit of a scare early, but I think the Swans will be too good in this, Sam. Okay, well, it's our five-minute warning, so we've got, <laughs> got to get through these games. You got a sound effect for that? Sydney. Oh, no, 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 no. Bring back Channel 10. Love uh, it. Love the five-minute warning. Uh, 4.35 from the Adelaide Oval. It's the Adelaide Crows taking on the Melbourne Demons. In for Adelaide, Lachlan Murphy, Riley Thilthorpe. Out Will Hamill, Shane McAdam, uh, Ned McHenry. Uh, Melbourne name no in tears. Just says Jaden Hunt. I, I, I don't know what's going on with there, but <laughs> and and how about the seven million dollar man over the week? Clayton Oliver signing a seven year contract extension worth approximately seven million dollars. So that keeps him at. 
the Melbourne Football Club into, until 2030, if you don't mind, Sam. I, I haven't made plans for 2030 myself, but um, clearly Clayton has, maybe a couple of mansions in Brighton. Uh, Christian Petrarca, very similar deal uh, as well. I think wow. he got a seven-year extension at $1 million per season. So um, they're both great mates. That's been well documented, and they get to play together till roughly the 2029-2030. So uh, it's exciting. Melbourne for me. Melbourne for me. 7.25, Geelong take on North Melbourne at GMHBA. Uh, in for Geelong, Patrick Jane DeField, wow. Gary Rowan. Out, Joel Selwood, Cooper Stevens, uh, Tom Stewart. Uh, in for North Melbourne, Charlie Lazaro, Jack Mahoney, Lockie Young. Out, Aidan Bonner, Flynn Perez, Bailey Scott and Taron Thomas. Well, the danger field in uh, not not Huge. good for North. <laughs> not good for North. And look, I think I think Joel Salwood just probably needs a rest, so they will manage him. Uh, look, it, it's good to see Geelong. I mean, they had an amazing win last week in arguably the game of the season. And I just think again. Um, to, to, to fit that spot um, of Tom Stewart, I think they'll probably have to put Jack Henry back. Uh, he's a great contestant, Mark. So, again, not a like-for-like. Like. You can't replace Tom Stewart. Uh, of course, he cops four weeks after that crude hit, but uh, they've owned it Geelong, so uh, respect their professionalism. But, yeah, they won't be losing this at GMHBA, Sam. No, they will not. Gold Coast Suns and Collingwood Metricon Stadium, 7.25. A whopping game here. I'm starting to regret oh, my tip, but I guess stick yeah, with it. St- Suns have Connor Budrick in James Tassasis, a debut. Out, Alex Davies, Jai Farrar, Braden Fleroni. Collingwood have Jordan Goey in. Wow. Isaac Chug out, Jeremy Howe out. Uh, another one of those top eight defining games. Tough Collingwood to have won the last five straight. Can you believe that? No. Um, and they've been playing really good footy yeah, too, Sam. Held off a big fight back from the Giants last Sunday. Um, and the Suns have been playing tremendously well, so this is going to be a big arm wrestle on Saturday night. Who are you going with? Look, I've tipped Collingwood. Um, not super confident about it, but uh, if look, if the Gold Coast want to keep their season alive, I mean, the... Geez, the poor the poor club just keeps getting injuries, Sam. Just when they're they're rising up the ranks, they keep getting injuries. But look, if they can do it against adversity, it'll be a huge shout out to them. But tipping the pies for this one. Yeah, I've I've done the same. Um, I've, sometimes I do these tips and go, oh, I hope I'm wrong. But <laughs> sometimes um, because I don't want Collingwood in the eight. This I really is don't. this is, is going to be crazy. Hurts both of us. Series. Yeah. Uh, Sunday we move on to two ten. The Richmond Tigers taking on the West Coast Eagles. Two ten p.m. Richmond have in Jake Arts, Jason Castagna, Kayleena Lambert, Ryan Mansell, Sydney Stack out, Jordan Clark. Dean Prestia. West Coast have Jai Cully, Harry Edwards in, Nick Natanui, hey! Sam Patricio Seaton and Zane True out, Callan uh, Jameson and Josh Kennedy. Uh, um, big loss for them. So they loss. get a big in with Natanui and uh, Kennedy and, of course, Richmond names of big names. Again, Richmond just sitting in the eight. God, they're going to be fighting for a spot oh, too. And I'll... I'll Prove myself wrong again. Just when you think they're out of it, the Tigers, they always find a way. They always find a way. Seriously professional unit. Yeah, look, uh, Josh Kennedy being out, that, that's going to be a hard one. But it's a it, it's a great round when you've got Danger back, the Danger's owner, and also <laughs> Nick Nack, Paddywhack, Give a Dog a Bone. So it's fantastic <laughs> to see them back in the lineups for their respective clubs. Look, I think Richmond at home, you know, they, they're not much slipping up uh, allowed for them. They've, they've really got to win these games. So uh, great win by West Coast. Uh, it was long overdue. They did it against my boys. Uh, less said about that, the better from my perspective. But Richmond will be winning this one, Sam, I believe. 
Yes, I've taken the Richmond as well. I'm trying to think of my tips. I've almost forgotten. Yeah, no, I did take them. Uh, Giants and Hawthorne from uh, Giants Stadium, 320 Sunday. An interesting one here uh, in for the Giants. Wade Dirksen, a debut. Matt Flynn and Zach Sproul. Uh, Hawthorne have named Will Day, Jack Gunston, Kyle Hardigan, Finn Magnus, out Daniel Howe. Admitted. Uh, interesting one, this one. Yeah. I, I was scratching my head with this one because Hawthorne, th- disappointing. They're up and down this year. Yeah. New coach, I think, is this his first year? It is his yeah, first, first year, year, believe it or not. But he's been um, in the ranks for a while. But they are showing some signs, even though they are uh, so far behind. Uh, but sitting 16th, uh, sorry, 14th and 15th together. Uh, I had a hard time racking my brain, but I think Giants will um, be a bit filthy from their late comeback last be. week, and uh, I think they'll just get this done for home crowd. Yeah, Giants for me, but I hope to see a shootout because the Giants have really upped their scoreboarding uh, veracity, so I hope that this is another shootout, and uh, and Hawthorne do okay in shootouts, Sam, in, in recent times, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, GWS playing some nice inspired footy at the moment. And uh, last game of the round, 5.20 Sunday Port Adelaide take on Fremantle Dockers, Optus Stadium in for Fremantle, Connor Blakely, Sam Sturt, Michael Walters, Nathan Wilson, out Liam Henry, in for Port Adelaide, Jace Burgoyne debut, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Tom Cleary, Orazio Fantasia, Orazio, Robbie <laughs> Gray, out Riley Bonner, Sam Mays. why did I know as soon I'm as sorry, I saw I'm it sorry. coming up, I knew you were going to do that. I had to do it. Um... Uh, Burgoyne, another Burgoyne. Burgoyne, gee. If, 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 if he's half the player of, uh, of, of Sean Boy, Burgoyne, Peter Burgoyne, you name it, my word, um, 300 games. We'll, we'll see what happens, Sam. But, yeah, this is. Um, I, th- I feel like this might be a danger game for Fremantle. Um, uh, interesting. Yeah. I, I just think, um, although they lost to us, they have shown um, a really good, you know, last couple of rounds. Um, uh, and I just think Port Adelaide are just that bit far behind, uh, beating a Gold Coast in a close one, um, but I think it's kind of the story for the same for the Bulldogs too little, too late for them Yeah, I'm weirdly going to tip Port Adelaide in this one, I, I haven't really? tipped I haven't tipped many upsets in this round, Sam this this will be the one I'm tipping, I just I have a funny feeling that with the form that they're in, they'll, they'll be inspired, they'll have belief they have some good ins, a razio so I think <laughs> they will get up here, but uh, I, I just hope for a good spectacle, Sam Definitely, uh Fremantle for me. I'll t- take him at home. Um, but yeah, that ends for round 16. Only eight rounds to go, so wow. it's really starting to heat up. These sports desks are going to get more intense as they come along. Of course, the Monday show will be on um, from 4pm You've got something? I've got something. I just wanted to quickly shout out the AFLW draft for 2022. It was a wonderful evening. Uh, lots of great new girls coming into the game. And, of course, two or four new clubs with Port Adelaide, Essendon, Sydney and Hawthorne all joining the side. So they had the dominant uh, first picks, obviously. So Montana Ham from the Western Jets, she's a very talented midfielder. She will be moving up to the Sydney Swans with pick number one. Jasmine Fleming. 
um, of course, Damien Fleming's daughter, the famous cricketer. Um, she was a Hawthorne supporter growing up. She's a speedy, classy midfielder, Sam. So she's from the Oakley Char- Chargers. Yep. She was taken as the second pick there and the first pick for Victoria. Hannah Ewing from West Lake. She's a midfielder. Third overall pick going to Port Adelaide Pierre. And she's the top pick for South Australia. And then Amber Clark, pick four for Essendon, the Dandenong Stingrays, versatile key forward. Um, if only the men could take a leaf out of their book and pick a key forward, that would be fantastic. <laughs> she goes at pick four. Very exciting for the Dons, obviously, having Maddie Press-Parkas in the trade period. And then pick five, Sophia Hurley. She's the Sydney Swans midfielder. But the story of the night, Sam, was pick 36, Zoe Wakefer. Um, she was there on the night, dressed up in a beautiful gala dress, supporting her sister, Lauren, who was pick 15 for the West Coast Eagles. And then out of nowhere, she is called up to the stage as pick 36 to join her sister at the West Coast Eagles. It was a beautiful moment, a wonderful surprise. She was speechless. It was just a wonderful moment. So shout out to the the selectors at the West Coast Eagles for selecting the two sisters. And she's not just a she's not just a, a random um, a random sister as well. She's a very talented up and coming footballer. So great pick up there for the West Coast Eagles and a great night for AFLW. Uh, fantastic. Well, the final siren for us.